Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Carlton Cricket Chat. Today on episode 12, we have the episode proudly sponsored by Greg Chapel Cricket Centre. <laughs> the reason it is proudly sponsored by Cricket, Greg Chapel Cricket Centre is we have Todd Marching on. Effectively, it's called Todd Marching Cricket Centre, but we, <laughs> we call it Greg Chapel. Um, anywho, so look, after, after last week, we had Cam on, he took five wickets, um, but this week... Todd just went out and, and destroyed those figures and took seven on the weekend in the third. So um, we've got uh, we've got him on the podcast. Welcome, Todd. Uh, thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me in the studio, mate. It's a good setup you got going. Yeah, there. look, it's a nice little studio. We've it's got a new um, studio, I should say. Yeah, yeah correct. So um, I don't know if you've listened to many of the podcasts, have you? I have, mate. Um, yeah. I listen to it on my flights around for work, so it's ah, a good way to fill the time on there. Yeah. First class? No, no, definitely back in the dregs, mate. Okay. I'm lucky to get an aisle seat, but I'm okay. happy with that. No, lovely. So we like to do a bit of a match review and then a bit of an interview on our lucky guest. So um, this weekend we had the first the first weekend of our Casey South Melbourne game, um, and then the girls played Melbourne, and then there was two Super Slam matches as well on Sunday for the ones. So the ones uh, won the toss and bowled out at Casey. Obviously, as everyone would be aware, a lot of rain around on the weekend. Yes, lots of rain and wind. A lot of wind. So uh, in the ones, we bowled out Casey for 190. Um, the wickets were shared. Steve-O took four, maintains his dominance, I think, at the top of the wicket-taking table. Um, Gobbler took uh, two. Uh, Tom took three. Um and a lot of other really good spells from Willow, Crony, um, and Coles. Uh, and we're none for 20 off seven overs. Um, one of the highlights of the day, uh, you, may, you may remember this one, Todd. I think we, we told this one. Crony played a little practical joke on the umpires yeah, after yeah. tea. Oh, yes, so good. there was a lot of um, to and fro with the covers, and we put the covers on before... Uh, before tea, so we got back out after tea. They took the covers off, and one of the stumps was actually missing. Yes. <laughs> um, so one of the umpires gets out and he goes, "There's only two stumps here. Where's the other stump?" And we're like, "Oh, don't worry about it. We can just play with two. Just set up middle and off. We'll be fine." They're like, "Nah, nah." So he starts running off. He's yelling to the opposition. The, the stumps caught in the covers. We've got to roll the covers out. Next thing we know, none of us knew. Crony pulls his pant leg up. <laughs> he's he's hidden the stump underneath his underneath his pants. And he's waving around. He's like, sorry, boys, I stole the stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sure the umpires thought favourably about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. look, there was a couple of close LBs that didn't go our way. So I think was Crony about, stitched us up was there. Was Crony bowling by any chance? Or? <laughs> no, no, he wasn't, but yes. Um, in the twos, eight for 265. Look, it was a bit of a mixed day. A lot of starts. Um, but Abhishek Faria, he's made 200s in the thirds. Come up to the twos, he made a 66 on the weekend. So he's batting very well. And then the star from the third 11, oh. Todd Marchant. So run us through the day, Todd. I think we bowled him out for 120. Uh, a bit less than that. Uh, 112, I think it was in the end. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a bit of... We had a delayed start because of, of the rain and the wind. and um, So we had the covers off. And the second we got them off and we were just about to do a toss, had to get them back on because it uh, absolutely bucketed down for a bit. So start was delayed by oh, nearly an hour. Um, and then uh, we we lost the toss and they, they elected to bat. Um, and I thought we were probably going to bowl first anyway with uh, the chats that we had with Sammy um, between Jim and myself and Sam. It was sort of he was leaning towards bowling first because of the conditions and it's a lot easier to get going for that. 
Um, and from there, uh, Lucian had pick events, being the uh, the number one bowler in the team, and uh, chose the end where the, the wind was going. I guess as an inswinger, or wind pushing as an inswinger towards a right hander, and um, I, I think I, I lucked out a bit with the the wind going across to to the right handers and. Um, uh, Loose started very well, got an edge early and uh, got shelled in the slips. Um, relatively tough chance in front of, uh, I think it was Popper, um, in between first and second. Um, and I thought, oh no, it could be one of those days sort of thing. And then um, luckily enough, we got a few wickets from there. And uh, yep. yeah, we, we... What were your figures? Seven for... Seven for twenty-seven. Seven for twenty-seven. Um, was probably got got taken after in my in the last over of my first oh, spell. Yeah. I got for, hit for fourteen by the guy that got seventy-four out of. Uh, oh, imagine out of the figures without that. Oh, but uh, that's stuff of legends, isn't it? But that's okay. Um, and um, we don't play for figures, though, do no, we? No, so we don't. Do we, um, you know, it's been plenty of times where I've been the bloke at the other end and haven't got the figures. But um, it's fair credit to James Petit, his spell. I think he bowled uh, eleven on the trot as well. Um, well, with a with a slight rain break in there, but he he only walked out with I think it was two in the end, uh, two for twenty odd. Yeah. Um, but he he bowled a seriously good spell and tied up an end. And um, I think Harry Harry bowled quite well, um, but again it was to to the guy that was sort of getting after after the bowlers, the only one that was showing any intent. So um, there's been some good signs uh, in the third. So. Ah, very good. And we've already passed their score. Yeah. Yep. Potty got. Potty's on sixty odd, 60. not out. Um, so it was probably pretty important, given that there was it was borderline whether fifty percent of the games would get up in thirds and fours uh, cricket. So the fact that we've got a result force is a two day game and uh, gives us a good chance to um, get some points on everyone else. Not only with the win, but um, being in front of them already, it sets up a chance for an outright if if need be. So getting ten points in that game could be pretty big. Absolutely. Um, and then the fours, look, they had a bit of a tough time there, five for 63 off about 12 overs. Yeah, it's um, a pretty rogue score. Yeah, there, so I think Braden Tracy's on 22 not out, so he'll have a big role this weekend. Yeah, him and Timmy Liner in at the moment. So. Yep. Um, and the girls played Melbourne in both games in two T20s. They lost both of those games, so look, they're having a bit of a tough start to the year. I think mm. they've played a lot of quite strong sides, so it's difficult. Um, yeah, I think now with the WBBL starting, I think it might become a little bit easy for them. Yeah, a few players away. A few players away, and, and their WBBL player, when, when she's available and fit, is uh, hasn't hasn't played as well, so it, it makes it tough for them. Yeah. Um, and then on the Super Slam on the weekend, the boys were out at Greenvale. They played two games, played Footscray and Melbourne, and got the chocolates in both. Uh, tough conditions, batting, I think the wickets were very challenging. Um, young Mackenzie Harvey starred four for twelve and forty one not out in the first game and then um, pretty even contributions and um, they struggled to get over the line against Melbourne but we yeah, did. What's in... the what's the live scores on Sunday? On, yeah, on the second game got yeah. a bit nerve wracking. I thought yeah. six off five overs should be pretty comfortable, but correct. It, but it got a bit, tougher. a bit dicey. So, um, well, that sort of covers the the match summary. So we move on to. Um, everyone's favourite part of the, the episodes And that's our interview with Todd the Man Marchant Welcome Todd uh, Thanks Nick So look I've got a few stats for you I like to do a bit of research before we get, get these people on So this year you are the leading wicket taker in the third 11 at Carlton Did you know that? Uh, seven tends to help that I guess <laughs> Yes Did you also know that you are 
the lead, the competition's leading wicket taker in the third eleven. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yes. Well, currently we hold the first eleven and the third eleven. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very impressed with the boys. Um, now another stat: a small drive by slight, slight congratulations. You now have more wickets in four games this this year than you did in your entire first season at Carlton. Were you aware of that? Oh, I think I did know that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have a great first season. I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, I found it a bit tough, actually. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we did have a very good fourth 11 team So uh, when I first started. So there wasn't a lot of bowling opportunities because we were bowling teams out in 40 or 50 overs, even in two-day cricket. So I think, uh, yeah, that probably helps that as well. Beautiful. And your, your bowling average is now, this year... Lower than your highest ever batting average of nine point eight six. So I had a look. I, I, don't, I had a look at the stats. I don't think batting's been your strong point in your I've time. Probably, I've probably nearly taken more wickets than I've made runs for the club. It's, I don't reckon it'd be far away. It's probably not. It's probably not far it's, off. It's, I reckon it's definitely under a hundred runs for the club. So. Yes. So you grew up in Diamond Creek. Is I that, did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, grew up there. Basically until about uh, 21, 22, and then myself and my sister got a place out in uh, in Faulkner, and that's where I, I live now. So. Okay, beautiful. And you played juniors and seniors at the club, uh, Diamond yeah. Creek, and I, I had a look in the, the seasons 2014, 15, 15, 16. You played two pretty full years in the in the B grade at Diamond Creek, but couldn't crack into the first 11 side. Yeah, I, I was probably, I wouldn't say unlucky, but... They're quite I, a strong side I'd at Diamond say, Creek for uh, those I'll, that I'll, don't know. I was at quite a, a period where uh, it was a bit of a dynasty at Diamond Creek where, and they're still going pretty strong now, um, and that, that core bowling group, none of them got injured, and uh, it was none of them went away, and which is very rare for, for local cricket not to have anything like that. Um, but that's okay. Um, I think it sort of teaches you a bit of resilience in that sense because you just got to keep banging the door down and training hard and uh, hope the things come your way. And that's probably what led me to Carlton, to be honest. Um, yeah, I was going to I was gonna move into that in terms of you, you couldn't get your opportunities. So was that sort of when you decided, well, I may as well give Premier Cricket a go and see if it's worth having a crack? Yeah, it was a little bit like that. Um, it actually stemmed from a, a, a conversation at the pub after coaching an under-16 session. Every uh, great com- every great idea comes Yeah, so pub, it, it, it came with a guy named Brett Glynn. So for those who don't know, he's a, a bit of a Diamond Creek legend and Diamond Valley legend. Um, he's won the competition medal uh, three times, I think, and he's, he's a bit of a great at Diamond Creek, and I'd hate to know how many times he's won their club championship. But he came down and played a season... I'm pretty sure it was at Carlton, actually, and he sort of said, and this is probably, I'm not sure how many beers deep, we did start at 11am and got sort of booted out around 9pm, so it was somewhere in the middle of this. We don't condone heavy drinking on the podcast. No, we don't, absolutely not. So that was, um, it was in the midst of a conversation there, he basically said, the one thing I wish I had done was had a bit more of a crack down there. He goes, "I, I recommend you doing it. And at the very least, if you don't make it, you'll at least come back a better cricketer. So that sort of resonated with me. And I, I played the rest of that season at Diamond Creek and um, spoke to Andrew Sturgis, who was also at Carlton at the time and was playing at Diamond Creek. Um, he And he said, mate, go for it. I think you're, you're good enough. Um, just have a crack. And my first year probably wasn't as good as what I thought it could have been, but as we uh, just spoke about. But yep. um, I certainly learned a lot about my game in the first couple of seasons here and, and learnt that you need a lot of hard work to, to get 
anywhere, even if it's up one grade or even yeah. a position in the bowling order. So, um, and so was the thing that drew you to Carlton, sort of Sturge and, and some of these other guys? Well, yeah, and at the time there was um, another couple of Diamond Creek boys, uh, Mark Fielen and Daniel Gilbert, so I knew them. Um, Sadly, they've both left the club. They've both left the club both now. doing very well, though. So. They're doing well elsewhere. Um, so Fielen actually flipped me as his number and had a conversation with Warren, which was, um, yeah, which sort of led me to that, and then I just came down to the pre-season, and the first pre-season was a, a, a park session of running running the park, and... Um, I thought, yeah, that was a pretty interesting, but I, I went okay in that, so yep. thought okay. And so did crack. you, what sort of stuff did you do to get ready for Premier Cricket? Did you do any anything extra for yourself? Did you sort of ready yourself for... Well, to, to tell you the truth, when I was playing at Diamond Creek, I was probably 25 kilos heavier than what I am now, so... Don't steal my next question. <laughs> With that, I haven't even... Uh, I, yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. I, I got fit and... Um, in the pre-season before I came to Carlton, I actually did um, a full marathon, and I'd done a couple of half marathons in, in between that, just because I wasn't playing footy and I had nothing better to do, and mm. became one of those guys that just got addicted to running, and yeah, that's how I, I guess I got fit before I came to Carlton. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, I did look back at some Facebook photos, and I noticed that prior to you coming down to Carlton, you probably carried a few, just a little bit more rounder in the face, and you know, I've, I've been through that as well, and you know, there's that there's that point in your life where It's a bit you know, of a penny drop moment, I was it? I was going yeah. bald, and I was like, I can't be bald and fat, can I? So, I can I can, I can get, the hair's not going to grow back, but I can help the other things, so you I know. think I'm going okay in the hair department though. Yeah, let, let's, <laughs> let's be honest, you're very lucky in that department, not all of us are blessed like that. So, and I noticed in your first year, you did. There was one game you didn't get selected for Carlton, and you went back and played for Diamond Creek. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, uh, so that was, I guess, that was quite tough to take. Um, but funnily enough, I went back and played for Diamond Creek and played against, actually played against Harry Trenworth, who's now part of, uh, I guess, the Third Eleven Rat Pack. He gets a, he gets a lot of airtime on this podcast. I don't know about it. But... Uh, well, Trenworth is part of the Third Eleven Rat Pack, and there's a few of them getting around in there, yeah. and, I, and I enjoy playing with those guys. So it's, yeah. it's good. And I noticed in that game, you actually took eight wickets. It was probably one of your more mm. successful games at Diamond Creek. Yeah. Did yep. you, you know, do you put that down to the experience? You, you know, you just had that bulk of work at Carlton and then, yeah. Um, well, it's a little bit to do with that. And I think, um, without offending anyone, I was a bit annoyed that I wasn't playing at Carlton. So I went back oh, there. You can pretty, spray him, yeah. mate. They're gone. Ezzy's <laughs> just the batting coach now. Spray him all you want, mate. But I was just a bit, yeah, I was a bit annoyed that I wasn't playing, and uh, I went back pretty hungry. Um, and it just didn't quite, I probably tried too hard in the first things. I think from memory of the first things, I might have only got two. Uh, and then I managed to get six in the second, I think it was, off the top of my head. Um, That's correct for and, those and, that and are it, listening at home. He's bang on the money. And it went okay, but I think I was more impressed with the fact that I don't know whether you delved into the batting side of that game, but I actually opened the batting in both innings. I must admit, I actually think I remember seeing that, but I didn't really look that hard at your batting. After a cursory <laughs> glance over the first few the first few seasons, I thought, ah, oh, batting's not where we're going to be getting uh, much of our material so from. So I, I think I reckon I made more runs in that game than I have at Carlton, so yeah. let's put it, put it down to that. Yeah, nah, very good. Um, and you, in terms of at Carlton, a bit of what's what's it like with the competition in the nets? Do you enjoy the the bat versus ball competition? Uh, I think those that know me know that I I wouldn't uh, probably white line fever in a sense. Like 
I'm just a competitive person and I, I want to get the best out of me and the best out of others and that and that's how I think a try I think that's what the key to driving everyone to getting better is is just doing everything with intent and obviously with you've seen with my bowling in the net so a little bit vocal sometimes uh, yep. especially Anderson and I I think we have some we've had some pretty good battles over the last few years since we've both been down at the club and it's good entertainment for everyone um, was 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 there is there a favorite moment of your time with Anderson Matthews at the club um, in the yeah the, I, I, the, the the famous leaf blower I think that's pretty funny actually yeah um, I think I think we better set the scene here so I did. I did some research, and I think it was a. It was it a Saturday Sunday training session. So mm, it was yeah, instead yeah, of we right, got yeah. we got washed out to go out to Cooma. Um, so we had a Saturday morning and a Sunday morning, and I think Saturday there was one of the rare occurrences where the gale was blowing for the quicks, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty rare. Yep. Which is which is unusual for Carlton. Normally, it goes against the bowlers, and they complain all night and tell us how hard it is and yada yada yada. So this one morning, and the. The the discussion was that you'd you'd bowled a few short balls and you'd really rolled uh, Ando up and he was not he was not happy with the treatment you'd given him. Well, I think for a guy that was playing first and seconds and a guy that was playing fours, he probably should have been able to handle it a bit more. Absolutely, but, absolutely. Um, but no, that's good. That's all part of it. Nick. Uh, yeah. And that's and that's what having fun is probably the most important part about why I play sport. And that's and that's what like the this season so far in the thirds, I think it's been. I mean, we're four games in, and obviously when you're going well yourself, it helps your cricket too. But um, I think that we've just had fun. Like the game before, we played Monash and in our batting innings. I don't think I've laughed as much in a space of two or three hours than I did with um, some of the young boys, and it's good to see them enjoying their cricket too. So, yeah. so the, and the, the moral of the story, the, the punchline was Anderson Matthews turned up on Sunday with a leaf blower, and when Todd's at the top of his mark, walks out behind him, turns the leaf blower on and starts moaning, he goes, here you go, Toddy, just like yesterday, you can bowl fast again, mate. <laughs> it was, everyone was in stitches, it was quite humorous, so um, he's, he's been good, Anderson, in the time. Um, and so we mentioned a little bit about your life outside of Carlton, you work at uh, Greg Chapel, what's that, what's that like? It's, uh, yeah, I, I've uh, worked there for quite some time now, um, I started there in, when I was 15, uh, to a work experience and got a part-time job through uh, a guy, Michael Sheedy, who's at um, TNF now. He and was at Carlton uh, as well. And was at Carlton. So he gave me my first job there, well, my f- job at um, Greg Chapel at the time. And, um, yeah, just, I guess, worked my way up through the ranks and uh, are now the, the National Operations Manager. So and that's going all right. Beautiful. And is it true that you... Um, when you employ people from Carlton, you only employ them on a casual basis, just in case you don't want to have to fire them. You can just say there's no more shifts, or, um, or how does that work? Well, I've had quite a few on the books over the times, and now I've even got a couple of the the girls on on the on the books with um, Steph, who's uh, the the English overseas for the Carlton Brunswick Strikers, and Amber, who's down from the NT. So um, it does certainly help when they're on a casual basis. And the other thing is, a lot of our full timers actually have to commit to working Saturdays. So oh. that's a big reason why the guys are on a on a casual contract. There you go. I thought it was just because you didn't want to have to fire them. But <laughs> well, no. If if I did, then that would make it easier. So um, you also, those that don't know, some of the young kids might not know you. Uh, you used to run the door at nightclubs back in the <laughs> yeah. day. Do you still do any of that? No, I haven't. Not, I couldn't actually tell you the last time I've been in a nightclub in Australia, mate. Um, there you go. <laughs> and so I was, I was interested to know what, what were some of your favourite sayings to, 
uh, when you wanted to bar people from uh, from coming into nightclubs? What was your oh, was pretty, what was your go to? What was your? Oh, I uh, guess I guess I was pretty lucky. I sort of just had a a couple of little signals, I guess, to the to the security guards that I'd have to do, and they would do the talking. So I wouldn't have to do too much. I had it. I used to, as you know, Nick. I used to hold a clipboard out the front, and um, it would depend on which way the clipboard was facing or which way my arms were crossed, whether. They'd let them in. So ah. there's a little trade secret for you. Mate. There you go. Okay. Um, and some questions I like to ask to our guests as well. You know, if you if you could choose a bunny in the nets, who's your bunny? And I want you to just rinse someone here. My Everyone's bunny. Too politically correct. Oh. Anderson. You can say Anderson Matthews. <laughs> I would really... say he's my bunny. He's probably my favourite bloke to bowl to in the nets just because it's Could always get... always competitive. Um, who do I get out of Ooh. Just say gobbler. Just uh, nick him out all the time. Oh, uh, not so much. Um, I reckon I like. I reckon I'm in the game with Tom Smythe a lot. I know that's a big call, that's but I reckon. Big call. I reckon I'm big in the game call. with him a lot. Just because just being to, a left hander. I can't uh, wait for training on Thursday. Okay, <laughs> good. I like it. That's all we want to hear. All right. Who do you? We've mentioned we've mentioned your batting's not not really maybe up to scratch, but who do you love trying to smash in the nets? Who's your favourite to just try and tee up? Oh, well, who do you tee up every now and then? Oh, back when he was playing Brad Jones, definitely. Okay. I used to love him. He just used to slide straight onto the bat, and I, I managed to get one near the scoreboard, so I was pretty happy with that. That's a big hit. That is a big hit. Um, and I like to ask this to all of the people that come on the podcast. Um, if you could play with or um, have played with anyone dead or alive, played against, who would you love to have played cricket with? There's probably two. Um, one Australian is Brett Lee. I would have loved to have been bowling at the other end to him. Yep. Um, and everything about him as a kid growing up was unbelievable to watch. Um, and then the other was Freddie Flintoff. I just love the way he goes about it. Um, just an ultimate competitor, and I, I guess you can probably see a little bit out of how he's fiery and gets in the face a bit um, in how I play. I'm not saying that I'm anywhere near as good as him because I'm not. Um, yeah. But he'd be the other one, um, just to and just to have a beer with after the game. Okay. Um, there's some of the stories I've heard uh, with him post Ashes in 2005 and stuff like that off uh, some podcast is uh, is pretty good. So. Beautiful. Good, good good answers. All right, so now our time. Listener questions from Simo underscore Groundsman. Oh, it sounds like that's the Groundsman from Carlton. <laughs> Hi, Todd. I was wondering if you would like me to bring up some sand up near the nets for you. I know this works well for golf clubs helping to fill in divots. I've noticed a few cricket ball-sized divots being made short of the wicket in the nets you bowl in. Just let me know if you would like it. <laughs> would that Would that be helpful for you, Todd? Maybe maybe two years ago, Simo. Maybe I think two I'm, years ago. I think I'm getting them in the. I think I'm getting them on the cut stuff. You're getting them so. on the cut stuff. Okay, that's good because the the wickets at Carlton. If you bowl a short one, because they're only about two third pitches. <laughs> every now and then, if you drop one a little short, well, I haven't had one hit the rubber mat, so I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably pretty close, but that's okay. Uh, and we've got one from Donny underscore Pal. Ooh, first time uh, question from Donny underscore Pal. Hi, Todd. I've recently been sponsored by an up-and-coming bat company, Garrard and Flack. You can check out their Instagram if you would like to see me bombing a six at Melbourne Uni with their stuff. Thanks for the info, Pally. Uh, wondering if you would like me to set you up to um, stock their products. 
There you go. So at Greg Chapel, would you would you like the Garrett and Flax stuff? Uh, it's a bit of a process that we go through our buying, Nick. Okay. Um, so if they're prepared to go through that and they can uh, meet the deadlines and everything like that, but we're we're currently full of our range at the moment. So okay. we are turning a few back at the moment. Uh, we actually had to turn Newbury back a couple of weeks ago. So Ooh, that's um, tough. Let's sit yeah. Yeah. That's okay. It. Well, there, you've, heard, you've heard it first. If you want Newbury, you can't go to Greg Chapel. It's green but, is in Geelong. But if you do want Garrett and Flack, I think you can type in Pal10 at checkout and you get 10% off any of their gear. I Soft hear if or he bats. makes over 50, they've got a little bonus special. Oh, really? Is that the case? Well, if he makes over 50, I wonder what he's going to get for 100. So here we go. This is what we want. We want Pally to make 100 to see what sort of discount we can get on Garrett and Flack. Well, that, that, that draws to a, to a close my questions, Todd. Um, thanks for your time on the podcast. Um, if anyone does need any cricket gear, Greg Chapel Cricket Centre obviously is a great place to go and I'm sure uh, Todd will look after you. Uh, thanks for your time, Todd. Thanks, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, mate.